Hey everybody, you're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Today we're sharing a message from our latest series. We believe the Word of God in Scripture is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website, poemachurch.ca. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good? Awesome? One of you is good. Okay, we're going to work on that together. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so if you don't know who I am, my name is Josh, and uh, I am the associate uh, here. And uh, I think I have one uh, element of admin to do, and if, the, if there's any more kids that need to head out, you guys are dismissed. You can go right ahead. But uh, I'm bringing week three of God's plan, and I'm super excited um, because it's one of my favorite topics, just the Bible in general, and... I kind of infused it with a little bit of stuff that I love. Is that okay? So, let's get into this. Uh, I'm going to read Psalms 57, 7 through 11. I might not read the whole thing, but we're going to read this. So, Psalm 57, 7 through 11, it says, uh, this is David talking, and he's talking to God, and he says, My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises to you among the nations. Beautiful. I love that. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into this message. Cool? Cool. God, I thank you so much for this church. I just thank you for every single person that's listening to this right now, um, that your word um, would illuminate in their heart the areas that you want to move and you want to change and you want to uh, have your way in, God, that may your word convict and convince and your Holy Spirit speak to each person who hears this message, who hears your word, God. I I ask that this would be a special uh, moment for certain people who are listening, and your word will just come alive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you're taking notes, you can call this God's plan, week three, glory, glory, man united. Okay? So do you know the song, glory, glory, hallelujah? You heard that song? So my favorite soccer team, or football team, so I might interchange the term soccer and football, just so I can kind of speak to everybody, you know, people who are like, no, it's football, and some people, no, it's soccer, whatever, okay? Soccer and or football. Um, they have a chant, okay? And in their stadium, they chant this song, Glory, Glory, Man United. So it goes, Glory, Glory, Man United. Glory, Glory, Man United. Glory, glory, man united, as the Reds go marching on, on, on. Okay? You with me? Some of you are like, please never sing again. (laughs) I got an encore. That's the first time ever. But it's this idea that I want to talk to you today about glory. And um, for me, I love sports. And for me, the whole thing that I love about sports was never about the money. It was all, or the fame, or being famous. It was always about the glory of the trophy. It was the glory, right? Kids, when you're playing in the back, uh, you know, in the backyard, you're, you're playing hockey, you're playing whatever, it's the final shot to win the trophy. It's never the final shot to earn the paycheck when you're like seven years old. It's always to get your hands on that 
big trophy that you're like, yes, this is what I've worked so hard for. This is why I beat all my friends <laughs> in the backyard because right now I'm going to win the trophy, right? We have this thing about glory inside of us. And what I love about what David here, he says something really interesting. In verse 8, he says, awake my glory. Did you know that you actually have a glory? Some of you are like, heretic, get the stones, okay? You have a glory. We all actually have a glory. And it's this thing inside of us that, that we're, we're just, like, good at. We have this thing inside of each and every one of us that we just, we have a glory. There's actually a Hebrew word. It's called kabod, okay? It's called kabod. We have a kabod. Now, not everyone's kabod, obviously, is going to be the same. We're all going to have different kabods, right? Kabodi positivity, okay? Kabod, right? We have this glory inside of us, this thing that we're good at. It's this, it's this idea of when, when you walk into a room and somebody who doesn't know you, they see you and they say, who, who, who's that person? It's the, per, it's the thing that they would talk about you, Right? If, if you were to walk in to a party, someone says, who's that? The person that knows you says, oh, they're phenomenal at this. They're really good at that. That's so-and-so, right? It's the thing that makes, it kind of makes you, you. Now, obviously part of my kabod, why I'm sitting on stage holding a microphone, is because I, I love teaching, I love learning, I love kind of being involved in that sort of thing. There's some people that I know that are terrified of public speaking probably not called to be a teacher. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, the idea of getting in front of a crowd and talking on a microphone makes them like quiver. Probably not called to be a teacher. Those people probably have a different kabod, right? Have you ever met somebody that's like really good at something and you're just like, how are you so good at that? That's their kabod. Let's, I'm going to read in uh, Corinthians here. We're going to jump into the New Testament. We're going to jump around the Bible a little bit, but let's, let's talk about this. So in Corinthians um, 12, 28, it says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, um, then people who are working miracles, gifts of healing. This is where it gets fun. Helping and administrating. Did you know that administration is a kabod? Being good at organizing things is literally a gift from God. My wife is a phenomenal admin, okay? Your kabod is the thing where you need help. With somebody needs help with something, they call you for the help in that area. When our church was getting ready to gather again post-COVID and still kind of trying to figure out how we can, are allowed to gather, uh, our pastors called my wife and we're like, please help us because she's so good at structure and organization. And she literally, so she works for the school board. I'm going to kind of brag on her a little bit. She works for the school board. She helped the whole uh, Hamilton school board organize their COVID protocols across. She was a part of that team that was making those decisions. So she has a kabod of admin, right? That's the thing. Did you know that literally help is a kabod, is a glory that you can bring to God's house? People are like, I'm not gifted to speak. I can't play guitar. Like, my, like, the thing is, is the thing that you're good at will actually help bring order, not chaos. I can't sing, as you guys heard earlier. 
I can't play guitar. If I was to stand here and play guitar, it would take an hour to get through a song because I would be like, bring, bring, right? <laughs> but so that's not me. I don't bring that. But other people bring their thing. Hey, do you, can you help? You have something to bring. You have a kabod. Are you good at being administrative? Are you organized? Are you someone who, you can bring that to the house of God. Not everybody's going to be, like I said, my friend who's terrified of public speaking, he's not going to bring teaching. <laughs> That's not going to be his thing. He's going to bring a different glory to God's house. You know this because uh, I'll, I'll give you like a really great example. Uh, going back to the Manchester United thing, their manager uh, during their time of their most success, like when he walked in a room, okay, he got to the point where when he walked in a room, people would like, they just knew he was there. He had like this presence about him. To this day, actually, uh, a lot of the people that he managed who were young uh, men at the time are now like grown adults who have retired from football and they've moved on with their lives and they have kids. They like, they still call him boss. They don't call him by his name. They still call him boss. And they like, they won't drink wine around him because they're, they're still nervous they're going to get in trouble. Like, this is the kind of, like, energy that this guy brought to this organization. And it's this idea that we all have something to contribute. So there's an, also an amazing story. This is a great story. I hope this encourages you. Um, we, we, I say we because I'm a huge United supporter, so I might slip into that. Please forgive me. But uh, anyways, we lost a game against our biggest rivals. Okay, it was, it was bad news. And uh, I guess for whatever reason, one of the coaches, um, he had pre-scheduled that he was coming in later that day. And so he walks into the building and uh, he can't find anybody. He's like, where is everyone? Um, he was like, you know, he walks in the front reception area, there's no one there. He kind of goes to the next room, there's no one there. And he finally kind of can hear this faint like yelling coming from somewhere. And he's like, what is going on? And so he moves towards, they have like a canteen or like a cafeteria, right? The, where the team eats together. And he walks into the, into the cafeteria and the boss has gotten every single person a part of the organization in this room yelling at them for the loss against their rivals. Okay, I'm talking the tea people, the people who make tea, the kit guy, the groundskeepers, the, the medical staff, the coaching staff, all the players. And he's like, you idiots, what were you doing? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. He's losing his mind on them. And the, the one coach is like, what is happening? Like, literally every single person who's a part of the organization was in that room. And he's effing and jeffing and losing his mind. And he's saying, blah, 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 blah. What? This is your fault. This is your fault. And, um, you know, the thing is, is they lost that game together. But when they won the trophies that they won, guess who got to all be there? Every single one of them, the groundskeeper, the kit lady, uh, the tea ladies, the receptionist, all of them got to be a part of the trophy celebration. They lost together and they won together. No matter what your role is, no matter what happens, no matter what you bring, no ma maybe you're not the star forward. Maybe you're the, the tea person. Maybe you're the kit guy. You're the person who kind of organizes and makes sure everyone's shirts are in the right spot. Doesn't matter. We all win and we all lose together. That's what God's family is about. That's what really unites us together. And we all bring their kabod, our kabod. 
I love um, also what Romans says, and I'm going to flip over to Romans here. It's Romans 12, 6, 8. And it says, we all have different gifts according to the grace to, to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy. Do it. If you, don't, if you feel called to prophesy and you don't really know, ask people who do. Start to invest in that gift. Um, if it's serving, serve. How humble and beautiful is that? Just serve. What can I serve? If it's to encourage, encourage. If, you're, if you have a way with words and you like to encourage people and you see someone who needs you, go, go encourage them. Shoot them a message. Slide into those DMs in an encouraging way, you guys, all right? Your, your glory is, is your presence. But what's beautiful about this is that God's got a kabod too, and he brings that when we bring our glory. When worship is dialed in, when you're there and you feel that, that's because you're bringing your glory, and God's returning it with his glory. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me when I see two people similar walks of life in the same room and they're literally one is experiencing the presence of God and the other one totally is not and they say well it's this it's that and you realize that the one person who was experiencing it you know maybe they were crying or maybe they were just really kind of like into the moment and receiving it really has to do with the fact that they were bringing that thing about them to this they were bringing their full focus. You know, when you're, this is kind of, I'm going to kind of pick on the guys here for a second, but when your wife's talking to you about something, and, um, you know, after you've kind of feel like you've got the main meat of the conversation, you start to kind of like drift a little bit. And um, <laughs> I got a thumbs up back there from a husband, okay? So he knows what I'm talking about. You know, it might happen in the car, you're driving and, She's going on and on about something that's very important, but not important to you, right? And so you start to kind of like drift away in your mind. You start thinking about, you know, whatever. Who's going to win the game this afternoon? Or, you know, are we going to lose to Liverpool or whatever, right? You're going to get distracted by. Those are the things I'd get distracted by. And, um, you know, eventually there'll be a moment where she goes, hello, where'd you go? <laughs> right? For me, it's like, I'm just more obvious about it. I'm just like on my phone, like, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. She's like, what do you want to have for dinner was the question. You can't say interesting. That's not a reply. But here's the thing. In church, God's kind of like a woman. He knows when you're not there. He knows when you're not paying attention. He knows when you're, you've drifted. You know, Kind of like what I was saying. I'm not bragging here, but you can kind of understand what I mean. Like, I like to teach. I like to think about stuff. I, I have a lot going on in my brain. So sometimes I'm in worship thinking about other theological things that I shouldn't be thinking about in that moment. Well, technically, it's still good. Okay, but I'm not there, <laughs> right? I'm somewhere else. And that's the point, is God really wants you to be there. That's how he wants worship. We've been talking the last few weeks. How do we hear God? Uh, Pastor Matt talked about, um, you know, giving God what he wants, not what we want him to give. And that really is 
a part of this journey is bringing our focus. Um, let's le read another scripture. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Cool. As you can tell, I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm kind of more of a nerd, so I'm not really like much of like a yelling preacher. I'm kind of more of a thinking preacher. That's kind of like my style. So if I'm a little bit slow, forgive me. Like I said, there's a lot going on up there. <clears throat> okay, Psalms 141. This is so good. Peter says, let my prayer be, be counted as incense before you and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit. Can we leave that scripture up there for a second? So what's happening in this moment here is um, scholars believe that this is uh, that season of David's life where um, he, um, he's running from Saul, okay? If, if you're familiar with the story, um, David's anointed king. Uh, Saul is the king. He obviously doesn't like that. It's a little bit of a Game of Thrones situation. Uh, and basically, he's pursuing David. Okay, he's he's, he's, David's a man on the run. And he writes this. And the idea here is that David is like, look, I love God's tabernacle. I love being in God's presence. But I'm on the run. And I can't be physically where I want to be. Now, obviously, in the, in the Jewish context, there was this idea that God's presence was only in one place, and it was right in the holies of holies. And right outside of that, there was a place that was burning incense all the time, and the priest's role was to go in there and make sure that the incense was always going. You guys following me? And so David loves the temple, wants to be there, but knows, I, just, I can't be there right now because I'm wanted. So he's basically lifting up this prayer to God and says, God, look, can my prayer right now be counted like that incense is counted? God, can I lift my hands like it's a sacrifice to you? And obviously it's in the scripture, and I believe God responds with yes, 100%. 100%, David, you get it. You get it. You understand what this is actually about, my glory. And David, although he can't be where he wants to be, still is giving God what he wants, which is earnest prayer burning like incense, and hands lifted as a sacrifice. So the Hebrew word there is yod, okay? So um, that, that word yod means hands, okay? So everyone can wave their yod, yeah? Yeah, sweet. Some of you waving your yods, right on. God's into hands, not feet, okay? If you're a feet guy, good for you. That's your thing. Okay, but God, he's into hands. He wants your hands raised. This is why we raise our hands in worship. It's not because it's some universal sign of surrender. Okay? It's because God's into hands. And it says in Psalms, lift your hands as a sacrifice. We don't, we don't do it necessarily as like a warm-up to really being convinced of who God is, although that is a thing. It's also because God wants your hand. He wants your yod. He wants your yod lifted up to him. That's so important because people think we're weird. <laughs> they come into church and they go, why do you guys lift your hands? God's into it. I don't know. Kind of like what Pastor Matt said. My wife doesn't like things that I like, and she does like things, and I, it doesn't matter to me, okay? I'm just going to give her what she likes. That's what it's like for me. I don't lift my hands because I want to lift my hands. I lift my hands because God's into that. Okay, God, if you're into that, take it. This is the thing, too, is when we do that, again, 
he draws near. When we lift our hands with our kabod, with our focus, with our glory, we get in return God's glory. That's why people get up here and encourage you to lift your hands. Whether they know the theology or not, doesn't matter. They say, lift your hands. Why? Because God is into that. And when we lift our hands and we stop thinking about the football game or whatever we're distracted by, what we have to do after, or oh, I got to go to my mother-in-law's house. I don't want to do that. that. Those sort of things. We can just go, God, I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. My hands are raised. I'm back. I'm focused on you. I'm giving you my kabod. I'm giving you my glory. I'm giving you my energy. I'm giving you my focus. And I believe that God will 100% return that back to you. Because it says in James, James uh, 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's that simple. It's that simple. So when we give God our yod with our kabod, we get God with kabod. We get his glory in return. Um, I want to talk about one more thing, and uh, this actually isn't in my notes. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, buckle your seatbelts. No, but this is a cool story. So some of you will probably be pretty familiar with the story of the priest, Uzzah, and when he was walking with the, with the, um, the, the what's called the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and it was essentially this symbol. It was this golden, um, basically the most important piece of golden furniture in all the ancient land, and it, and it held... Um, you know, like the Ten Commandments and Moses' staff, and had some things in it that were very important to the Jewish people. And if you don't know the story, basically there's this golden thing. Actually, have you seen Indiana Jones? You know when they open it and all the Nazis' faces melt? Okay, that, that's the Ark of the Covenant, right? So some of you are like, are you going to reference Indiana Jones in every message? Okay, anyways, yeah, I'm under contract, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so they're, they're bringing this to, they're bringing this back, okay? And they've got this, this ark, and th- something crazy happens. And some of you might know the story. This guy's bringing it back, and um, they've put it on an oxen's cart, and they're, they're rolling through the area, and obviously they don't have paved roads, right? So it's a pretty bumpy ride. And at a certain point, the ark looks like it's about to fall off the cart, Okay? And the guy, this priest, reaches out to grab it, and he touches it. And then it says that, the, that, that God burned against Uzziah, and he killed him instantly. Right? God wasn't just having, like, a bad day. That is, like, the most important artifact in all of Jewish history. I moved house a couple of years ago. I didn't even put my TV in the moving truck because it matters to me. Why would I put my TV on a rickety old piece of crap, oxen thing, right? It's going to fall off. It's going to break. Why would I do that? These guys, these priests, the reason why God burned mad at them, those priests knew they were supposed to carry it. And instead, they were like, they weren't giving God what God wanted. They were like, we're going to do it our way, and we're going to just put it on this rickety old cart that was pretty much guaranteed to fall off and break. They were treating the presence of God with contempt. That's why God burned hot at them. He wasn't just annoyed. It was completely irreverent. If I was to move something that... Okay, let's go back to football. The the biggest trophy, the Champions League final, the Champions League trophy. I'm not going to throw that in the back of some weird, bad suspension 
pickup truck, right? You know, the Stanley Cup has a dude that literally travels around with it. He's, he would be like the priest. Imagine one day he's like, oh, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm going to throw it in the back of my truck. Right? Now it's starting to make sense. God's presence matters. It's very holy. And we have to bring our intention and our attention to it. The beautiful thing about it is when we do that, though, we get God in return. How good is that? You know, we don't do anything. God, do you know that God doesn't get anything <laughs> from our relationship from him? He doesn't gain. <laughs> we get everything. We get it all. And he gives it all. But he does have some expectations, which I love. I love when the expectations are clear and it helps. Okay. You guys following me so far? Manchester United play in a stadium called Old Trafford, okay? I have been fortunate enough to go there, and I got to, uh, I got to take a stadium tour. So I got to kind of see, like, the belly of the beast. I got to go in the trophy room, and I got to go in the locker room, and all this sort of stuff. But the thing is, is, like, Old Trafford, it's iconic. Everything about the place is amazing. There... Um, that when I got to go in there, I got to go, I got to stand in the locker room where these huge famous players stood. I got to stand in the tunnel where they walk out onto the field where like Ronaldo stood and Beckham and Rooney and all these guys. These, it's like, a, you're just sitting there, you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like an out of shape 30 year old and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Maybe one day I could do this. You know, it's like, dude, it's past, right? But you're standing in these spots that are so iconic. And then you walk out onto the field to the song. They walk out to this song called This Is The One by the Stone Roses. Amazing song. I love the Stone Roses. And they're from Manchester. And, you know, you get to walk out kind of like as a part of the thing to the song and everything it's playing. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. And then all of a sudden, the tour guide gets super serious. He's like, do not touch the grass. Do not even touch the grass. Don't even look at the grass directly in the eyes, right? It's like, don't touch the grass. It's like, sacred ground. You just, you don't, you just don't, don't touch the grass because it's like, it's the pitch where all these amazing things has happened. I think sometimes after time we forget, but for me, that's, that's church, man. I come in here. I love the tunnel that we get to walk through. I love the songs that we get to hear. I love everything about it. Everything about it to me. There's no, there's no throwaways at Old Trafford right? There's no throwaways at the church. There's nothing here that we're not doing on purpose. The worship set, the announcements, the announcements are for us to respond and go, hey, I want to deepen my relationship with this community, the homily, the message, all of these things. Everything's dialed in. Everything's on purpose. Everything about Old Trafford, or as some call it, the theater of dreams, it's amazing. It's so awesome. It's sacred ground. And that's how I love to come to the church on Sundays, I love to come with that reverence, that glory, that, hey, how are you? How's it going? What's up? We're in this together. You know, when the players show up, when play new players sign for the team, they show up and they're like, it's, it's like magic. They don't know what it is. Well, that's what it is. It's the kabod of Old Trafford. And it's the glory and the kabod of God that brings me in with all of you, every single one of you, that makes me want to be here on Sunday every week. Um, that's the way we should come to church. 
we don't want to put church on the pickup truck, so to speak, and stabilize it when we think it's going to go. No, we should be doing what we know we should be doing as priests, carrying the presence properly. Um, I'm just going to end with this, and I hope that um, this kind of speaks to you. But um, God's plan is the church. <laughs> God's plan is the church. Some people are like, I love God, but I hate the church. Okay, look, that doesn't work. I'll tell you why. The church is God's bride. If someone was to say, Josh, I love you. I think you're funny. I think you're cool. They tell me all the compliments I want to hear, right? And they go, but Laura, I kind of hate her. Yeah, we're probably not going to be friends. <laughs> Just straight up. We can't treat the church with contempt and expect to get God's glory. It's not going to work. We got to bring that to God. The church is God's plan. The church is how God is executing his plan on earth right now through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit obviously is in all of us, but the church is God's plan right now. Jesus was God's plan at one point. Israel was God's plan at one point, And right now the church is God's plan. So I encourage you in James 4, 8, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. It says, um, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The reason why I give my hands to God is because everything that I give to God becomes cleansed and sanctified. And when I give that to God, he sanctifies my hands because I'm a sinner. And I want to give up my thing for his thing. I want to give up my sin for his glory. So this ultimately really is a message that is a call to repentance. And when I say repentance, we don't have to wail. I mean, if you need to cry and you need to humble yourself before God, maybe you do. But it's really to start to ask, the, ask yourself of the areas, hey, God, where am I um, mailing it in? Where am I not giving you my glory? Are there parts of my heart, am I not giving financially to your thing, to your, to your kingdom? Hey, man, if I go to Old Trafford, I go to the megastore, I buy a jersey. I'm invested, right? I want to go there. I want to spend my money there because it's awesome. It's the same thing with the church. When I come here, I want to I give my money to this thing because it matters, you know, are you dialed in in your giving? Are you dialed in in your worship? Are you mailing it in while they're play not playing the songs that you want to hear? Right? Or are you going, God, let, let, help me dial into this song. God, I'll, I'll worry about laundry later. I'll worry about walking the dog. I'll worry about all that stuff later. Right now, I'm going to dial in. What are the areas where in your heart you've started to dial out? What are the areas where you're starting to go, hey, church is kind of boring. Is it, or are you boring? Or are you making it boring by not bringing your you? Because you just come in and you sit down and you're just like, take me for a ride. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to listen to some jokes. It's going to be awesome. They're going to say some stuff about announcements and stuff I don't care about, and then I'm going to leave. No, that's boring. What's not boring is coming in and being like, how's it going? getting into people's lives, talking to them, shaking their hand. Yeah, it can be scary and whatever, but getting into that, getting into worship, singing the words, praying to God, noticing when things are happening, engaging when, you know, people and Pastor Matt are up here praying and saying, hey, Emmanuel, God with us. Man, say that, contemplate that, think about that, dial in, man, because it matters to God. 
Give it to God today because God's plan is right here in this building. What God is doing is right here, right now. Amen? Can I pray for you? Awesome. Uh, God, I thank you so much for every single person in this room. God, you're just so good. <laughs> you, you gain nothing from our relationship with you, but you just give so much to us to um, dial in with you, the creator of the universe, God. And we just, uh, we repent before you right now as a priesthood and as individuals that we would just turn away from the areas that we're dialing out. God, show us the areas where we're kind of uh, uh, skipping the homework and really show us where we need to dial back in, God, because you're faithful and you're good and you love us and you want to bring us back to center and we, we want to bring us back to you, God. We ask that each person in this room would uh, go out this week and continue to uh, love you, find ways to invest in the community and uh, with their relationship with you, God. Uh, God, uh, I ask your Holy Spirit to remind all of us to uh, read our Bibles, dial in, put on some worship, get involved, think about you, think on good things, as the word says, and that we would continue to walk in this faith and walk towards you, God. And we thank you so much for your blessing on this house. And we pray, again, a continued blessing for all the ministries in this house, that they would continue to grow, continue to move, and that your hand would be on every single one of it, every single one of us, and every single thing that we're doing, God. We ask that you would guide us and show us who you are every single day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website, poemachurch.ca.